Take your Bibles tonight and turn with us to Acts chapter 5. We're going to try to finish up that, this chapter. Good to have uh, Brother Mike Farmer and his wife Gwen with us tonight. Uh, he's our director of missions. And uh, he's a good man to, to lean on. He and I took director of missions training together back, golly, back in the 90s, somewhere like that, wasn't it, Mike? And, uh, it was quite a while before either one of us became a director of missions, but it did happen. So God knew what he was doing when he sent us there. So, But uh, would you stand with us as we read from Acts chapter 5, verses 34 and following? If you're able to stand, if not, just, just say where you're seated. Verse 34 says, And stood up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, the doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And he said unto them, You men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thetis, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about 400, joined themselves, who was slain, and all as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. After this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all that even as many as obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say unto you, refrain from these men. Let them alone, for if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found even to fight against God. And to him they agreed. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Pray with me, please. Father, thank you so much for the privilege just to be in your house tonight. To stand here, Lord, with the Word of God in front of us. And Father, we pray that you would just illuminate our mind and on our lips and help us to speak your words tonight in a manner that will be pleasing to you. And Father, that it will touch the hearts of men, women, boys, and girls. Father, if there's one under the sound of our voice tonight who does not know you as Jesus, as Lord and Savior, may this be that wonderful time that they would just come and repent of their sins and trust you as their Lord and Savior. And thank you, Father, for the privilege just to serve this church over these past 18 months. And Lord, as we transition tonight from uh, this being my last night to Randy's first week next week, I pray that, Lord, it'll be a, a blessed time for him and for the church. And Lord, that you will be glorified and magnified. And Lord, that this town will turn around and Head to Jesus, Lord. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. And be seated, please. I started preaching this morning on the subject of what is in your heart. And we found uh, some things that we, we used the word filled that is mentioned several times in chapter 4 and chapter 5. There were some who were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God with boldness. They were all in one accord, and they were unselfish, and they were a powerful witness.
for our Lord Jesus Christ. Then we found that there were some who was filled with Satan. That's Ananias and Sapphira. They lied about what they were giving to God. They tried to deceive people and it brought death. Both of them were struck dead there that day in that one service, three hours apart. We found then, and we closed on this, this passage this morning, about some were filled with indignation. They were jealous. The, the, uh, the religious leaders there in the Jewish community, of course, they were, they were losing people. As thousands were being saved and coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, they were all Jews and they were, they were leaving the temple and going out into these services that were being held out there in Solomon's porch and other places like that. And I'm sure they were kind of jealous about that. And this caused them to, to uh, imprison the disciples and to, to uh, do a lot of things like that. I also mentioned that there was another time that this word fill, that the disciples were accused of filling Jerusalem with the message about the resurrection of Jesus. Now, that's a wonderful thing to have claimed against you, you know, that we fill the city full of that kind of doctrine that, that people have heard about it all their lives, but they've never come to know Jesus. And I, I want us to look at two other things here, and it doesn't use the word filled but I think it still fits with that theme. There are some that are filled with wisdom, and we're going to use Gamaliel as that person tonight. We want to look at his life here and see what the Scripture has to say about him. As, as the, the disciples were being threatened, they had been arrested, and they, had, they were out there, and the Sanhedrin court was trying them all over again and threatening them on all this kind of things. There's a man by the name of Gamaliel who stands up and who offers some great advice, some wisdom. And you know, wisdom is something that we all need. Wisdom is something that, that is available to us from God. The Bible says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. So wisdom is available to us if we're, if we're willing to go to the right source. And this, this man by the name of Gamaliel, we might wonder, well, who is he? Well, his name means a reward of God. A reward of God. This man was a godly man. He was a Pharisee. Pharisees, they did believe in the resurrection. They did believe in angels. They did believe in spirits. They were more of the conservative group of people compared to the Sadducees who were uh, really non-believers. They, they had just more worldly-minded and those kind of things. But he, he, he was a Pharisee, and he stands up here. The Bible says that he was a doctor of the law. He had gone as far in studying the Scriptures as any school could take him. He had studied it all. And he had that doctor's degree on his name there. He was, he was the grandson of Hillel. Hillel was the founder of, of the liberal school and the Jewish law. There was uh, Hillel and I believe Shama, I believe is the other man's name. But this doctor here, he stands up. He was respected. He was loved by his people. 
As a matter of fact, he's one of the, he was the first one that was ever given the title Robin, R-A-B-B-A-N. I may have not pronounced that correctly, but it means master, master. He was the first of only seven that that name was ever bestowed upon in history. So he was a, he was a, a magnificent fellow. He was a teacher of Saul of Tarsus. And I, I've wondered with Saul in the crowd here this day. I've wondered that this man who, who later on over a few chapters more, you'll find where he comes to know Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And his life was dramatically changed. But I've wondered if he wasn't here and heard what Gamaliel had to say. Well, let's look at what, what he said here. He commanded to put the apostles forth a little space, kind of put them over to the side, and then he begins to address the Sanhedrin court. And he said unto them, you men of Israel. Notice his respect for them, you men of Israel. Take heed to yourselves that what you intend to do is touching these men. Gamaliel had given them thought to this. He had saw what was going on. I think he was seeing the hand of God in all the mighty works that God was performing there in Jerusalem. Of all the people that were turning from one lifestyle to another, as they had come to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, I wonder if he had not watched them as they went and sold their possessions and they brought them and they began to share with each other and with anybody that needed it, that this may have touched his heart. And he says, you know, that reminds me of what Jesus would have done. He was a man of wisdom. I, I looked up some scriptures today about wisdom. This is what Proverbs 4, 7 says. Wisdom is the principal thing. The main thing. Wisdom is the main thing. Therefore get wisdom. And with all thy getting, get understanding. When we think of wisdom, we often think of the King Solomon. Who when he as a young man took his father's place on the throne. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know how to rule over God's people. And he goes to God in prayer. He doesn't pray for riches or wealth or fame. But he prays for God to give him wisdom. And God blessed him and God gave him wisdom. As a matter of fact, he's called the wisest man of all. His wisdom was known far and wide. One of the things that he did, one of the first trials of his wisdom was there was two women who had babies. Uh, somebody says they're probably harlots. But they were living together and evidently they were sleeping in the same bed and those, those little babies. One of the mothers laid on it and it died. She took that other baby and they, they come before Solomon and they kept saying, this is my baby. No, it's my baby and it's my baby and it's my baby. Going back and forth and Solomon says, give me a sword. And they gave him a sword and, 
And I, I, I've got a picture in my mind. I saw this in a, in a Bible somewhere, how it was illustrated, that he held that baby up by one foot and was about to take the sword and divide the baby and give it half to each woman. And the woman who it belonged to, she said, no, no, give it to her. And he said, you're the mother. You're the mother. You see, God gave him wisdom. And here Gamaliel had wisdom. The Bible says how much better it is to get wisdom than gold. Think about that. Wisdom is better than gold. We value gold. That's our, one of our most important treasures in our life is to have some gold. Proverbs 19.8 says, He that getteth wisdom loves his own soul. Hmm. Love your own soul when you get wisdom. James, I've already quoted it, but let me read it to you. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But he says, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. I was sitting meditating on this this afternoon and, and I thought back to my childhood. My dad died when I was six years old and my, brother, my younger brother was two years younger than me. And I think I was about 10 years old and he was about eight. We had a neighbor boy by the name of Kenneth. And Kenneth was about 10. So we was about two years apart there. And it was late in the summer. And we were over on my grandfather's farm just playing around. And we went to the watermelon patch. And we went in there and we found us a, a watermelon. And we'd thump on it to see if it was ripe. And we found one that we thought was ripe. And we pulled it and we went over and there was a, an old split rail uh, fence down through there where I don't know if you've seen rail fences or not but they zigzag all over the place that's how they stack them we went over and sat down in the corner of that field and we dropped that watermelon on the ground and it burst open and we started eating it wasn't quite right but we were eating it anyway and all at once we heard somebody go <clears throat> Looked up, and there's my grandpa looking over the fence at us. Kenneth, he jumped up and run. But Bobby and I, we just sat there. And I've thought about my grandfather's wisdom. He looked down at us, and he said, Now, boys, I don't want you stealing my watermelons. You wait till they get ripe, and then you come and ask me, and I'll give you some. But he says, I'm going to take you to your house. And we walked with him to our house and he went in and told our mother. Said, I caught the boys, they've been stealing my watermelons. But he said, don't whip them. I've already talked to them about it. And boy, I thought, whew. He went on down the road to Kenneth's house 
And he talked to Kenneth's dad. And he says, I caught your son stealing some of my watermelons. And says, he ran. Guess what Kenneth got? Hey, <laughs> you got it. He got whipped. <laughs> but I've thought about my grandfather's wisdom. He, he could have gotten so angry, you know. He could have done anything. But he treated us with respect, but yet he told us the truth. He made us own up to what we had done, but yet he asked our mother not to punish us anymore. And I've never forgotten that lesson. I've never forgotten what I learned that day from my grandfather. And it was wisdom that taught that. Here's Gamaliel. He's, he's standing here telling his cohorts, you men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. You better be careful in what you're doing. And he gives two examples. He says, there was a man by the name of Thetis who boasted himself to be somebody. He gained a following of about 400 people. But then he got killed. And those that were following him, they scattered. His movement came to nothing. He says, after this, there was a man by the name of Judas of Galilee. And he tells us when it was, in the days of the taxing. If you run the references on that, it goes back to the birth time of Jesus. When Caesar determined that everybody would be taxed. And Mary and Joseph went to Nazareth, or from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem, to pay their taxes. And that's where Jesus was born. It goes back to that. And he talks about this Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing. Drew away much people after him. He also perished. All, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. And then Gamaliel says, Now I say to you, refrain from these men. Let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught or it will come to nothing. If it's just a bunch of men, it will play out. But if it be of God, listen to this, you cannot overthrow it. It don't mean you can't hinder it, but you can't overthrow it. It doesn't mean that everybody will like it, but if it's of God, you can't overthrow it. He's talking about the sovereignty of God. You cannot overthrow it, lest happily you be found even to fight against God. There's a man with wisdom. He was filled with wisdom, even though the Bible doesn't put it in those particular words. But you can just see wisdom oozing out of this passage of Scripture. Well, what did they do? To him they agreed. They agreed. But they wasn't finished. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, 
I don't know if they used the cat of nine tails on them like they did Jesus. I don't know if they used whips or uh, rods or what they did or maybe even used their fist. But they beat the apostles. They command them not to speak in the name of Jesus. Peter had already told them the answer to that. We ought to obey God rather than man. But here they are saying, don't you speak in the name of Jesus. It's amazing that we're kind of in various ways being told the same thing today. You can talk about God. Don't you talk about Jesus. Do not speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. Now what were these men filled with? Listen. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They were filled with the joy of the Lord. They counted themselves uh, as being blessed to be worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus Christ. They didn't go around crying and boo-hooing. They rejoiced that they were found worthy to suffer for Jesus. I think about my friends over in Ukraine. And I think how much they've suffered. This war, that, this unjust war that's going on over there. But I haven't heard any of them really complain. They're just glad to be serving the Lord. I, I was watching uh, Franklin Graham's show on TV last night, and it, it showed a rerun of when he was over there back about Easter and how the people were rejoicing to serve Jesus. I, I get posts from Nina occasionally, and she, she talks sometimes about how tired she is because of all the refugees that she's helping to feed there every day and still working with the orphan kids and, uh, and the, the gypsy kids there in Shepetivka. And, uh, but she doesn't complain. She rejoices that God is using her there. And you know, that's the way it ought to be with we who are Christians that we can rejoice in our Lord Jesus Christ, no matter what the circumstances are. And we need to ask ourselves, what's in my heart? What's really filling me? Am I filled with the Holy Spirit? Is that what's filling my heart? Or have I given Satan a place in my heart? And I'm, I'm believing his lie. I'm listening to Him rather than listening to God. Maybe I'm filled with jealousy. I'm jealous of my fellow man or I'm jealous of someone else. Those are not good things to have in our life. If you're filled with wisdom, that's a good thing. And that's something that all of us can use. It's something that each one of us 
needs in our life to be filled with wisdom and to be filled with the joy of the Lord. I believe our world is looking for something that's real. And they're looking for people who are real to share that joy with them. And by God's grace, let's be the people that God can use to show Jesus to the world out there. Let's bow our heads in a moment of prayer. Father, we just thank you for the privilege to be in your house tonight. Lord, we pray that you would give each of us the wisdom that we need. That you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, O oh Lord. And may Jesus shine through in our life. And even though we may be persecuted for taking a stand for Jesus Christ, Lord, I pray that you will help us to do it with joy in our hearts, that we might show to the world that what we have is real and that what you are is real. Father, we pray tonight your blessings on this invitation. Father, if there's one who needs to come and talk with you, I pray that they, they would feel free to do that tonight. Maybe someone here that needs to come and trust Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Father, give them the liberty to do so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.